Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service, or a website, and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest-growing Internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. We are back. DeSoto Eagles football is back on RF Sports Radio. Starting August 31st, tune in to RF Sports Radio to hear live Texas high school football action. Coach Claude Mathis returns to lead the Texas football powerhouse on another big season. The electric Dez White and Oregon recruit Dontre Wilson lead a high-powered, high-scoring offense. And hear it all right here on RFSportsRadio.com. It all starts August 31st as the DeSoto Eagles take on Arlington Martin right there in Arlington, Texas. Tune in live for RFSportsRadio.com for live DeSoto Eagles football action. Only here. Feel free to call in 
Join us on the broadcast. Uh, before we get started with Tiger, though, I did forget, we got a special week of broadcasting coming up as well, too. Not only is it July 4th, celebrating the Independence Day, but we've got a huge thing coming up with us as well, too. Starting July 4th, we'll be broadcasting live from Orlando, Florida, for the Lady Jets. As Jason Terry's uh, AAU girls basketball team, we'll be bringing you guys their games live starting on July 4th at 10.50 a.m., Two games following that, um, July 5th, and then a game on Friday as well, too. And, of course, we take their action all the way up into the championship. This is the AAU championship. So, Royce, we got a big week ahead of us. And right now I'm really looking forward to the trip to Orlando and also to see these Lady Jets play. These girls are fantastic. We had a chance to see them play of the week. And, man, these girls uh, could beat some high school teams, man. They're really that good. And I think what was the score? Eighty-four to seven. Yeah, the game. Was, uh, I think seventy-seven to seven, or something, something right. crazy like that. Yeah, something crazy like that. Anyway, the other team didn't have a chance. I'm really looking forward to. If you get a chance to tune in and listen, man, you got to tune in and listen to these girls play. They are something to be reckoned with. Absolutely. So we want to thank Jason Terry. You can follow him at Jason Terry Thirty One. To follow him on Twitter, I also want to thank the Jason Terry Foundation. Uh, so we got a lot, a lot coming. I mean, it's going to be an exciting week. We'll be with Jason Terry. We'll, we'll be, we'll be hopefully breaking where he's going to play uh, this upcoming season. We're going to talk about NBA draft, talking the trade rumors, Darren Williams, give you guys the latest on that as well too. But first, let's start with, like you said, the Tiger that was on the course today, Tiger Woods. Tiger on TV. Tiger Woods wins the Congressional uh, Golf golf uh, tournament today in D.C. This is his third time winning uh, this tournament. It is his tournament. It's his AT&T National, uh, named after him, and had to, had to come back, had to play some tough golf in the last nine holes, going up against both Van Pelt, but Tiger proved to be victorious. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right, Rodney. He's great. I mean, I enjoyed watching him play. I was looking for him to go backwards today. A uh, typical Tiger, and but instead he roared ahead. Uh, he was 269, and do you know he had 41 holes without a bogey? And that's a, not, not typical Tiger. I mean, used to seeing him get bogeys. But you're absolutely right. The 74th victory, he passed Jack Nicholson. you got to say he's the second greatest player to ever play the game. He's only behind Sam Snead, and he's like, what, four, four behind Snead? But anyway, he's moved up to the ranking. He's the number one golfer in America right now. And he's also number one on the money list in the FedEx Cup. So how about that? Go Tiger Woods. No, not really at all. He's actually number one golfer in the world and now moving up on the money list as well, too, by winning his third PGA Tour win. But he's number they, one on the money list. Yeah, exactly. But, you you know, you said it's not – it wasn't typical Tiger. You would have thought he would have bogeyed a – Maybe lost his edge in the in the final round, and we've seen him do that before, especially since he took that big layoff for, of course, reasons that we all know. But I think this is really typical Tiger. Him going ahead, coming from behind, playing some tough golf, switching to the back nine holes, and you saw the rest of the field, and I'm talking about both Van Pelt and everyone else that he's had to really play against in that final round. You saw them really cave under the pressure that Tiger puts on you. That's one of the reasons why I think he's so successful because playing with Tiger is not like playing with any of the other golfers. The, the gallery that he has, every time he makes a big shot, he gives you that big roar, 
That's got to be intimidating on the golf course, especially when you're trying to win a win a tournament. And I played with this tournament. You know, it started out with the thunderstorm. All the trees were down. The course was tore up. They didn't five hour with the late starting to play the game. You know, the game and uh, no no audience Saturday. You know, the guys were even clapping for themselves. It was so quiet. That's the first time ever I've not seen a crowd at a PGA tournament, and I was shocked to see that. But it benefit Tiger. Maybe they should do that every week, you know. And uh, what what was so great today to me was shot on number 12, Rodney, when he had the tree in front of him, man, and he glanced off the tree and kind of bowed his uh, club a little bit. But excellent shot, like nine, nine feet from the from the hole. I think that turned the whole thing around. And this, he's the first guy since 2009 to win three tournaments so far. So this is just the beginning of the season. He may win two or three more for his over with. you got to be proud of him. And I think Tiger Woods is back. I think the question has been answered. Is he back? And I think the answer is yes. He's always done really well when playing from behind. Uh, Brandon DeYoung of Zimbabwe uh, had a one-shot lead going into the final round, but he ended up now making that one birdie and close with a 77, of course, as you mentioned before, Tiger shooting a 69 to get the win in a, in a real, real tough matchup with Bo Van Pelt. So hats off for Tiger for winning that. You said Tiger's back. Now, a lot of people are going to argue that that's a big overreaction. you got to think about it. He won Bay Hill right before the Masters, then with the Masters. We saw he basically just lost it all in the uh, final round. He won the Memorial Tournament going in the U.S. Open, and he, had, he was in contention in the U.S. Open and shot a 75 in the final round to take him out of it completely. Then now he wins a congressional going to another major, the British Open. To really for him to be back, doesn't he have to win a major, not just three regular tournaments that he's already proven he can do? Well, that's a good argument. But we hadn't seen this Tiger Woods three wins since 2009. So in that aspect, he is back. And also, he dominated for 12 years, and, and, and it took me a hard time, to, long time to realize this. He's not going to win every tournament. And you know how hard it is to compete week after week and win every tournament. But the three wins, big turnaround, I mean, it's, he's playing like the old Tiger of old. And I say he's back because we had not seen this, like I said, this Tiger since 2009. So to me, in that aspect, I say Tiger Woods is back. You know, I would like to think that, too, but I have always said that when he won. I said that after Bay Hill, said after Memorial. I'm not convinced that he is back. I mean, you think well, what about does it take? Course. Well, you think about the course he played. I mean, the, this this course at Congressional in D.C. When he was set up for a U.S. Open, you remember Roy McIlroy was 16 under to win a tournament there. What major have you ever seen a guy shoot 16 under? He's always, he struggled even now this year. We're having three wins. He struggled on the tougher courses. And we all know that the Masters are supposed to be the toughest, the, not the Masters, but the majors, I should say, are supposed to be the toughest courses that you play all year long. And he's still been unable to conquer the tough courses. This is a course, it's a tournament, the, his tournament, the AT&T tournament. He's won it three times already before. He knows his golf course. I'm not convinced that he's all the way back. Not until I see him win a major. Not until I see actual Hard set up on a golf course. This this course is really too easy for his skill set. A win is a win is a win. Name me one other guy that has won three tournaments 
so far this year. Well, nobody's won three tournaments All right, this year. So I rest my case. In that, in, in just in that accomplishment, three wins this year says a lot to me. I know you're not ready to cry in the king. We know how you are about crying in the king. <laughs> you, it took you a long time to come around and crown LeBron James. But having said that, three wins to me is, is, a, is a major victory. I'm not convinced. I am not convinced at all that, that he is back. Until I see him win that major, I'm not convinced at all. I, I, I just got to see him do something. British Open, of course, is coming up. He's had a win there before. It's going to be at the weather conditions. It's going to be a harder course, although it's a links course. The setup's going to be harder. If he does that, I'm ready to crown him back. But until he wins a major, he's still not back to me. He's still just, just Tiger as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, of faith. <laughs> yeah, of little faith. I can say the same thing. But anyway, I, I, that's two different of opinion that's yet to be determined. We will see if Tiger's back. You know, I okay, I think so you want you him to a... dominate. I I think you think he's gonna dominate like he did for twelve years. Nobody has dominated like Tiger Woods had. He was out of it for a while, like I say, two thousand nine. You know, he hadn't won a lot of victories. He talked about the things you said he did, but to see him come out this year, and I think he has it back. He has a swing back. He has the Tiger mentality back. And he's in there a lot of these tournaments that you said he hadn't won. He was always in contention. So, to me, I'd say he's back, and I can almost guarantee that Tiger Woods is back. Now, do you have him winning the British Open? Are you giving me as your favorite to win the British Open? He's in my top three. Now, I'm asking you a question. Is he, is he going to win the British Open? Well, I, you know, that that's a hard course to play. You and I have seen that. I mean, it's, it's not... He's not used to playing a Lynx course. The weather's always terrible over there. The bunkers are horrible, you know. So he got a good chance as anybody to win, but I'm not going to guarantee that he will win the British Open. Well, another world news, of course, uh, we did crown a uh, champion today. The Euro 2012 title is going to be awarded to Spain for the second time. This is their back-to-back win of the Euro 2012, and a lot of people are calling this team the best team ever to play in this tournament. They won four to zero over Italy. Uh this is their third straight, I'm sorry, major soccer title for Spain. And a lot of people, you know, led by Fernando Torres and other players and the way they really just took control of this game from start to finish Royce. I know you don't watch a lot of big soccer matches, but just know that this team could be one of the best teams that anyone has ever seen. Uh it, it's it's funny you said that of course not. I really don't. But this game, I actually had a chance to watch. And you're right. Absolutely fantastic game. you got to take your ass off Spain. Matter of fact, this is the third straight major soccer championship. But uh, anyway, like you said, I saw them play short passes. They moved the ball around a lot. Four goals is a lot in soccer. After they got to the second one, it did excite me a little bit. Not, I did have a chance to see this. But they won the like six games. You know, these guys are fantastic, uh, great great soccer match, and I have to uh, admit, I did enjoy this. Xavi uh, Hernandez uh, commented after the game saying that we were superior to Italy. We played a complete game and perhaps the best of the entire European championship. We made history. You know, prior to 2008, 
they, they had one of they went forty four years without winning any major titles. The country of Spain, which is right. amazing to me, you know, before two thousand eight, and since then they've right. been the powerhouse when it comes to international soccer, especially the Euro uh, soccer as well too. So thanks to everyone from Spain that tuned into our show. Believe it or not, we, we have listeners from all over the world. <laughs> so thank, thanks to people in Spain that listen to the show, and we're actually going to have a chance, hopefully to be in Barcelona, as the uh, Mavericks announced, that they're going to be playing in Barcelona October the 9th, so stay tuned for that. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what is going on with the NBA, starting with free agency and starting with the draft, number one. We saw Anthony Davis go number one to the Charlotte, to the uh, New Orleans Hornets. Why well, I want to say Charlotte so bad. The New Orleans Hornets, uh, Charlotte Bobcats, six second to get Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Let's talk about the Hornets first. They're kind of remaking their franchise. They traded Emeka Okafor. They traded, traded Trevor Reza. They did re-sign uh, Eric Gordon, who they said is their best player. Now they have two young guns in Anthony Davis and Austin Rivers. And I know you want Austin to come to Dallas, but apparently that wasn't going to happen. It wasn't in the cards. But what do you think about what the Hornets have done, kind of remaking their franchise and, and ha- hitching their wagons to these two young players? I, I thought the New Orleans Hornets did an excellent job in the draft. And, and let me say, I was really uh, intrigued to be at the, this year's NBA draft, man, and get to watch it and spin it with the Mavs. Man, that was really, that was really something else. A lot of, lot of things going on. I can imagine what was going on all around the NBA. But pretty much the draft went just like the mock draft that's presented. One, two minutes surprising, but you're right. I thought New Orleans did a great job. Uh, you know, Dallas had the first time they had the 17th pick, and we'll talk about that later on. But it pretty much went like the mock draft. It wasn't too many upsets. I, I thought Kentucky dominated. <laughs> they had a lot of guys to go. But it, it was exciting well, to see. And North Carolina, yes. Yeah. So it was exciting to see those teams so you know, to dominate the entire first round. Yeah, they did. I mean, and, and those were the two best, high, more talented teams. Of course, Kentucky with all their freshmen and right. um, the Tar Heels with the players that they had as well, too. So all these guys are going to make good to decent pros. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. My my question really with the whole uh, Hornets thing is, how is Austin Rivers and Eric Gordon going to share the ball? You know, uh, Austin Rivers is one of those guys that needs the ball, likes to create his own shot. It's going to be interesting to see what they put together down there in New Orleans. I'm, I know they sold a lot of season tickets once they made those moves, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that team. There's some other teams yeah, that Yeah, but if you were a coach, wouldn't you like to be in that position? What a great oh, position to be in. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right. I think another thing I want to look at, too, is the fact that the Celtics of all teams ended up drafting Jared Sellinger. I thought that was a huge move. I also thought one of the sleeper picks of the night had to be uh, Perry Jones going from Baylor, actually going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I thought that was a huge move. I know he dropped all the way down to the draft based on some evaluations of his knee. For whatever reason, the Thunder feel like, hey, the evaluations could be wrong. And they're a young team as it is. They can get a talent like this guy to really play if the knee is able to stay healthy. They really got an advantage with him because they're not going to be able to sign Serge Ibaka and James Harden. So they may have a replacement for Serge Ibaka already with Perry Jones uh, from, of course, Lincoln High School, your alma mater, and from the Baylor Bears. 
Yeah, and I, I that was I was surprised to me, but maybe Oklahoma sees something in this guy. You know, he had a pretty good career at Baylor. He, you know, like I said, T got injured, but I thought he, it was a surprise pick to me. And I'm not going to question <laughs> their scouting, man, because you know they 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 do pick up guys that fit that Oklahoma City mold. And uh, I'm not surprised. I think they're going to make a play out of him. He's a really good player. Like I said, they they're going to replace Ibaka sooner or later. But uh, I'm not going to question them. I thought the draft was totally different, you know, this year. But that was a big surprise to me, too. I thought about Jared Seliger. He's going to get a chance to go play in Boston. And he'll get a chance to learn from Kevin Garnett, who decided to return to the Boston Celtics. Uh, one of the few free agents that's so far decided to stay with their team. Now you've got all this other stuff going on, the rumors that have run and rampant throughout the NBA. Let's go through a couple of them real quick. The Toronto Raptors, they offer Steve Nash a three-year, $36 million deal. That's $12 million per year for Steve Nash. I think there's no way he can turn that down. Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I'm surprised about the Nets. The Nets are really making a play. These guys are really going out. They're going out to Howard, we know for sure. Let's talk about them going out to Joe Johnson, making a deal with Atlanta. We know they want to be Darren Williams, and uh, these guys have a pocketbook and the wallet's open, and how they can make that happen, I have no idea. But you're right, there's a lot of trade rumors going around, a lot of free agents. I'm pretty sure that I would love to be here. And agent right about now, say with the Ray Allen, uh, Kevin Garnett, or even Steve Nash, because you pretty much, you know, there are a lot of teams in need, and these guys still have one or two good years left. That's when you really make up your teams through free agents. Yeah, the Nets are going to be big players, along with the Mavericks, who we'll talk about both, both, both of those teams here in just a second. But I want to talk a little bit about the other Boston Celtic that's out there that's a free agent, that's Ray Allen. You saw the right. tweet from LeBron James once the Ray Allen story kind of broke out there about his son asking him, hey, is Ray Allen going to play for the Heat? And he said, I hope so, to his son. And now they seem to be the ploy to get him to come play with the Heat. But they're not the only team that's, in the Allen Chase. The Celtics are trying to re-sign him, and the Memphis Grizzlies are trying to sign Ray Allen right. as well, too. If you're right. Ray Allen, if you put yourself in his shoes, Royce, what decision do you think, or where would you like to go? Miami, Memphis, or stay with Boston? Wow. that's You know, right now, if I was Ray Allen, I have to be thinking that he, they are the champions, and uh, that's your best, best chance of getting another ring. We saw what happened when the Mavericks Got rid of all these guys that didn't do anything to come back to repeat to defend the championship. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be a little bit different in Miami. I'm pretty sure those guys are going to do everything it takes to keep the title. So if it is Ray Allen, um, why not? I can't see him going to Memphis unless they come out with a lot of money. But uh, who knows? He may stay in Boston. And, you know, it's going to be a that's – a, that's a good – how would you choose if you were him? You know, if I was Ray Allen, it would be very, very hard to go to Miami. You know, you, you've been in Boston for this time. You've won a title. You've had to play the Heat. You just got to play them seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. It would be hard to go to an Eastern Conference team and have to play your whole team, you know, in the playoffs and possibly in the Eastern Conference Finals as well again. You know, I can see him making a move to the Western Conference by going to Memphis. You know, there may be another team out there. Who knows? And I think if if he's willing to take the league minimum, the veteran minimum, the absolute minimum to go to Miami, 
then it should be several teams out there trying to get Ray Allen. If he's willing to take that deal, then I I, I wonder why the Mavs are involved in this as well too. If he's willing to take and, that, that less amount of money to play for the Miami Heat. Yeah, and I agree. If he takes a minimum amount for Vedman, I can see the Mavericks going after him. I can see just about any team going after him. Right. But but you think it's perfect down in Miami. He wouldn't have to be the man. <laughs> All we had to do is sit there and get three. You got Bosch. You got. LeBron James, you got Dwayne Wade. So, really, you you don't have to be the star. You don't have to carry the team. All you have to do is be real, real. Stay in the corner and knock down three. That's pretty much it. It'd be a real easy job, Miami. Don't get me wrong. You want right. to handle the ball a lot. All you have to do is run his screens and stay in that corner, like you said, and, and shoot threes. If Mike Miller can do it, then I know Ray Allen can do it as right. well, too. Uh, also, Andre Miller, the point guard for the Denver Nuggets, decides to return back to the Denver Nuggets, re-signing with them. The Nets have finally pulled off their first big move by keeping Gerald Wallace there after he got traded there in the midseason last year. He signs a $40 million deal to stay in Brooklyn. And the Clippers signed an extension with Blake Griffin for the next uh, five years. Chris Paul has decided that he is going to wait. He is not going to sign an extension. And there's a new Clipper as well, too. The Mavericks finally trade tomorrow. back in L.A. He can dry <laughs> his tears up. He can dry his tears up. He can kiss the ground when he lands. And you know what? They can have it. I hope they swallow him up in an earthquake. Because as far as I'm concerned, they can have them all. I mean, he's back in L.A. He's not with his, the Lakers. But he's close enough to Kobe. They play in the same arena. So I hope he's happy now. They can have him good riddance. I'm so glad that the well, Mavericks well, it, 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 it remains to be seen if he actually stays and plays with the Clippers. That's what I want to see. Are the Clippers going to keep him and take that chance, or is he going to get moved somewhere else? That, that's what I'm waiting to see, will the Clippers finally keep him. That, that That's what I want to see. Chris Paul, though, decided not to sign any kind of contract extension. He's a little bit too, smarter for that, too smart for that. Right. All right. All right, so he's not going to sign any any um, anything. But let's talk about the Nets real quick and the Mavericks because they both relate to each other quite some bit. And it has to do with the biggest free agent out there, Darren Williams. Really, it's a one-horse race. Darren Williams is the only free agent out there worth maxing out, worth giving giving up everything else to go get. And the Mavericks are right there in the thick of things. He's going to meet with them uh, tomorrow. tomorrow morning. Yeah, he's going to meet with him tomorrow morning. The Mavericks, in, in, in the draft, I thought what they did, though, Royce, by by trading the 17th pick, Tyler Zeller from North Carolina, ironically, trading him to Cleveland to get three later picks. They picked up Jay Crawford, uh, Bernard James, the veteran, six-year veteran from the Iraq War. They also picked up Jerry Cunningham, a shooting two-guard. They want to kind of liken the Russell Westbrook. Of course, that remains to be seen. Right. But I was wondering when they picked up those three players, you know, you can look at it one or three, one or two ways. Either they're picking up three cheap players because they're going to max out D-Will and go out to other free agents, or maybe they're picking up three good players to work out some type of deal to kind of get D-Will to come here, like trading them to the Nets. Nets get more players, younger players right. they can afford, and D-Will can end up here. Either way, the, the Mavericks are right in the thick of things. Well, first off, I was shocked by them trading away the 17th pick. I thought it was a good deal. Yeah, I thought it was a good deal. But they picked up three guys that I have 
very know very little about. Well, all you I, need to know I, is I, I, I need I, to know is Bernard James played center on the on the best defensive team in college basketball. Yeah, I, I do Jay know Crawford, that he's a former staff sergeant, sergeant, right? You know, and Jay Crawford is so a, we know he's disciplined, and he may have to use his his military training to get rebounds and work for the Mavs. You know, so who knows? We'll see. But uh, I, I, I'm just uh, I'm and then I'm looking at this Crowder guy. He looks like he's pretty good. My cat's always had some tough players. Yeah, he's the Big biggest player, player of the year. Right, right, right. And I thought they did an excellent job. But but this is the undertone I got at the Mavericks organization. You know, they have never really. I, I think the last great pick they've had from the draft was Josh Howard. That really came out amazing and thing. But I think, you know, they have the best D-League. I think they're going to bring somebody up. Who, I don't know. But I think they got a hidden jewel in the, in the D-League. And if they don't do anything in free agency, they're going to have to go to some young guy and pull him up, either from the D-League or one of these guys from the draft pick, to step in to be a great, great point guard for them. Uh so I, I think that they're going to bring somebody up. They do have the best D league in the system, and there are some great players there. And, and I think it's going to be a surprise to everybody when they bring up this no name and come out to be starting guard for the match. I don't believe that at all. I, I don't. I don't think so at all. I don't think there's anybody that's on that D league that's, that could come up here and start for this team. It, it, this team just won a championship title just just a little over a year ago. They've got nobody. If Rodney Boubois is not that guy, then they've got nobody else that could come up here and run this team. It's, it's oh, either oh, D-Will oh, or bust for them, period. Okay, I understand. I, and that's my first part of D-Will. But what if they don't get D-Will? They're going to go at some experienced guard to lead that team. And if they don't have it there, they got to go somewhere and get it. And I, and I don't know if they got it in the draft. I don't know if any of these guys could come in and step into those shoes. So either they get it through free agency trade or they have to bring somebody up that's a potential, uh, maybe not a starter, but can be in the rotation as guard. I think the only thing that's going to stop Darren Williams, D. Will, from going to the Mavericks is the fact that Dwight Howard came out yesterday saying that he's requesting a trade to, to Brooklyn. After all this time and all this stuff he's done and getting people fired, coaches, GMs, and all this other stuff, he finally decides, you know what, I do want to be traded to the Nets. That's the one thing that I think is really may may keep D. Will in Brooklyn. If, if they can figure something out and when he goes and meets with them and says, hey, I got Dwight Howard here, that could very, that could very well work. Those two could finally kind of partner up and get something going. The thing is, thing is with Howard though. I don't even know if at this point if I want him on my team. No, but he's not going to play half the season next year. He's acting like a big baby about this whole trade thing, and I don't know if you want to be a teammate with a guy like that. Well, I, absolutely, and I think that Dwight Howard is not going to make a difference whether or not Darren Williams goes or not. But it's just like you said, the Mavericks did nothing this year to defend the championship. So what makes you think that they're going to have a championship team on the floor next year? I think this team is in a rebuilding mode. I think it's going to be years before they get back to where they were. I know they do have Dirk Nowitzki, but Dirk can't do it alone. And just recently, 
they they exercised the option on Vince Carter. You know, and, and and we saw what he did last year. You know, he wasn't a missing link. But but look at the direction they're going. I think it's going to be a while before they get back to any kind of championship team. But if that was the case, they would have kept the team they had last year or fought to keep some of the guys they had last year, which we know they let go. But I think they gambled the whole thing on Darren Williams. It's all on him. If they don't get him, then I think this year is not going to be – it's going to really basically be a bust. And I think they're going to have to go into rebuilding mode. Well, I, I agree with that, but I still think that, you know, if Darren Williams comes, I think they'll re-sign Jason Terry. I, they just re-signed Vince Carter. They got Roddy Bubois. They got the draft picks. They'll be some other free agent, you know, guys that they can bring in. Kevin Garnett, some of the better. Hey. Well, Garnett's gonna stay in. Hey, he's gone. That's right. You're right. He's so, gone. so they're gonna they're gonna have some they're gonna have some guys they can put in. They they'll be able to put a competitive team in the flow. Me, me and you at the draft day event, they said they definitely plan to be active in free agency, and they got their shot. Tomorrow morning, they have their best shot to keep D-Will in Dallas if they can make a good enough proposal to him. I think he wants to come. If he didn't want to come, he will meet with the Mavericks first. He'd meet with the Nets first, but he decided to meet with the Mavericks first. I think that's a good sign. That you know, next time we do our show, he he may be in a Maverick uniform. Well, you know, Ron, I hope so. Uh, you know, that's my wish. I would love to. I, I'm the biggest fan. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't wear too many uh, mask guys jerseys, but I would buy D. Williams jersey and wear it if he came to Dallas. But we got to think of the possibility that he that, and I know that's when they had to aggressively attack free agency. But like you say, who's the best guard out there other than D. Williams? There is none. I mean, there is none. Steve Nash, but I think Steve Nash, I don't see how he turns right. down $36 million, not just right. letting his career for three years with the Raptors. I don't see how he does that. And, but my question to you is, if you're Darren Williams, like you said, you, you said the Mavs in the rebuilding process. I mean, you could tell right. that from the three draft picks that they picked, they're going to have to trade them or keep them. Now, the, right. Coach Carlisle came out and said, yeah, I plan to keep these guys. We don't know who's if they can start, but they're going to have a chance to make the team. He wants them to make the team. So, so if you're Darren Williams, do you look at that and say, you know what, do I go to Dallas where they're trying to rebuild? I got Dirk Vinovinsky who's getting old, only there for three more years. Or do I stay in Brooklyn and run the chance of getting Gerald Wallace, who just resigned? I got Brooke Lopez. I may get Dwight Howard. I also may get Joe Johnson, who is now talking to the Nets as well. I mean, if, if I'm Darren Williams, which, you know, if they want to go with the younger teams, it has more star power, do they want to go to a rebuilding team in Dallas? And, and don't leave out the owner, Jay-Z, and the other guys, and living in New York. So it, he does have a lot going for him there. And we he, he grew up in Dallas. He knows what's here in Dallas. He could. You know, they would embrace him more than anything, local hometown boys with the Mavericks. But I, you have to think of the possibility that he doesn't. And, and that's what I'm looking at. All, all the sources, everybody I've heard said he's leaning more toward Brooklyn. And you have to look at that possibility. And also, you know, what do you do with Delonte West? Do you keep Delonte West? Is he going to be your starter? You know, kids gone. You know, Terry may be gone. This team, to me, is in a rebuilding mode. They put last year, 
I, I don't know what you want to call last year. I think it was just getting the team on the floor because the season, season started so late. They had the lockout. They had to come present something. I didn't like the team that they had this year. That I had to give it to Coach Carlisle for making it to the playoffs. But you remember the question I did ask Coach Carlisle in the press conference was, out of all these guys that you drafted, these three potential stars, does any of these guys could possibly be a standout or a starter? And I know that's his hope. But do you see anybody on that list that could come in right away and be a potential starter? Well, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, it's that, that I don't see any potential starters, no first-round pick guys. I don't, right. I don't see that, no star power. I, I agree with right. you. Right. With all the holes that they had to fill in their roster, I'm glad they decided to take three players and not just one. I mean, right. they got a center, they got a small forward, and they got a, a two-guard, you know. So, I, so I'm happy with that. That I'm happy about. All the holes they have, they just filled three of them, hopefully, in the draft. And they picked guys that weren't foreign, okay, guys right. that, you know, we saw play here in the States, which I'm glad about that. Right. You know how the Mavericks like to do it. Right. And it just remains to be seen. But you're right. If they, if they don't get D-Will tomorrow, this, this, I'm telling you, they in, they're in big trouble, big, big right. trouble. They don't get right. D-Will tomorrow. It, 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 it'll be an ugly team out there. Yes, it will. I don't think they'd be competitive if they were. Because, you yes, know, look who they're going up against. They got Oklahoma City. We know that their main core guys are going to be there. You know, you have to look at Denver. You know, you have to look at Portland. It's changed their whole roster. You know, and we also have to look at the Lakers. You know, the the West is real competitive, and what I see with the Mavericks have now is not a competitive team to compete for the West. But I, I, think, the whole, I think the whole goal, though, by doing this is to get younger, more athletic guys. And they can't – you know, Rick Carlisle referenced what Dirk said after they got swept by the uh, Thunder, and that's when Dirk in their press conference, if you remember, said, we got to get athletic guys, guys that can right. create their own right. shot. Right. And, and that's what they have to get. So if you find in the draft, that's fine. Darren Williams is a guy that can create his own shot and also create assists for other players as well, too. They've got to find a guy that can do that, a team of guys that can do that. Because like you said, they got to go up against Oklahoma City, who is younger. San Antonio Spurs are younger than right, right now. Right. The the Blazers trying to rebuild right now. They they offered Roy Hibbert a max deal. I don't, I'm so surprised Indiana doesn't have him wrapped up, but they offered Roy Hibbert a max deal to come to Portland, and he very well might go because, you know what, Portland doesn't have a GM, and Larry Bird's gone. Okay, so that goes to my question, my next question. Do you think Donnie Nelson is the guy to do that? Has he ever done that through the draft? Do you expect him to be changed all of a sudden? Or do you trust Donnie Nelson? Well, you know what? The thing that I don't like that's going to happen tomorrow is that apparently for for Porsche, Mark Cuban's not going to be there. And and Dirk is not going to be there. It's going to be Donnie Nelson. Rick Carlisle, and of all people that represent the Mavericks, Michael Finley. Who they traded. <laughs> who Michael they traded Finley, away. who won a ring well, in San Antonio. Right, who they you traded know, Michael away. Finley. But, but I, I'm happy that, that J.C. Kidd kind of worked them over a little bit. They right. played golf together right. for a week golf, in right. Hampton. Right. And, you know, Kidd supposedly worked them over by coming to Dallas. Why he would do that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but you got to remember, Kidd did play in both places. Yes, I, you're right. He played in <laughs> yeah, both so teams. He, he could represent both teams. Yeah, he I played in both teams. 
So people is that the guy that. you want to talk to? <laughs> yeah, people forget that. People forget that. People forget right, that. Right, and right. And went to the finals with both teams. I thought he won a ring. We're in with Dallas. Dallas, so. And he also was with Dallas, which Dallas traded. They traded Michael Finley. And, and both of those guys we know should have always been here in Dallas. They didn't. So I, I don't know really how Jason Kidd feel about Dallas. You know, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But you have to they, they have to get in sign number one priority. I see the Mavericks for the next two or three years in a rebuilding state, and we're seeing that now. And I, I just hope they're competitive, whatever team they put together. And you're right, they have to start with young guys. But I don't know if I trust Donnie Nelson, the evaluation of scouting guys or getting the right guys, you know, to fill up these holes that they have. Actually, Carlisle's going to be put to the test this year. It, you know, I, he, he's going to throw out everything that the Mavericks used to be, uh, uh, everything that the Mavericks were, the defense that they had with certain players. We don't even know if Sean Marin's going to be there. You know, he may get traded. So is uh, going to have his hands full this year. He, he's going to be a totally new team. Totally dif- new defensive scheme, totally new offensive scheme. It won't be the same old math offensive defense that we'll see. We know it's going to run through Dirk, but who else do you have other than Dirk? Well, you don't have you don't have anything right now but a depleted this roster is RF right now. This the RF Sports Radio Show. Right. Okay, mishap on that one. You don't have anybody. I, I think you're a little excited about this draft. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about the week that's coming up, man. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to our show. Before oh, we, we got, go, we got, we, you got you got to mention the math, the Rangers. Go ahead. Uh, you know, the Rangers had seven guys chosen to the All Star. I, I think that's fantastic, man. Josh Hamilton led all votes. He had over 11 million votes. It's his fifth straight uh, All Star game. Uh, Got Beltray, Mike Napoli, and Hampton are the three starters. So, I mean, that's great for the Rangers. I'm proud of Ron. I hope he'll get Coach of the Year this year. He deserves it. And these guys, it's just great to, to see the Rangers dominate the All Star. And you know, whoever wins gets home field advantage. So maybe if they can win the All Star game, it's a repeat back to the championship and they get home field advantage. So, that that's my wish. For the Rangers this year. No, we'll see. And you, Dolphins was trying to get that last pitcher spot, and he threw 11. He had 11 strikeouts today, although the Mavericks yeah, he lost almost got it. Yeah, the Mavericks lost three-one, but he had 11 strikeouts. So maybe that'll put him in that last spot, and we will get eight Rangers in the uh, All-Star game. Before we go, though, Royce, what's going to happen tomorrow morning with Darren Williams? Will he will he be a Maverick next time we come on air? But I like to say all the Mavericks fans, tonight before you go to bed and you can say your prayers, include Darren Wayne, say your prayers, because that's what it's going to take, a prayer. So hopefully Dallas fans are doing that. I'm going to have faith that he will be a Maverick next time we come on the air. I'm going to have faith that that's going to happen. Will I you guarantee that, Rodney? I'm not going to guarantee it, no. I'm not going to book you. No, I'm not going to book you. I'm just going to be Will you ask me hoping. to guarantee Tiger Woods win? Well, I'm just going to be hopeful. That's all I got. I can afford okay. to be hopeful. That I can do. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you go to our website, rfsportsradio.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Our handle is at rfsportsradio. 
Make sure you go to our YouTube channel as well, RF Sports Radio TV. Go to our website. You can find out the links to that as well, too. Next time we come on, guys, special edition. We'll be live from Orlando, Florida, broadcasting the Lady Jets game that starts at 1030. That's right, 1030, July 4th, 1030 a.m. Tune in for live AAU basketball action. And for the rest of the week, up until July 8th, which will be the, which will be the championship game. For myself and Roy Swish, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. RF Sports Radio, sports talk from a fan's perspective when you want it. <laughs>